This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello people and welcome to The Dreamer's Disease. My name's Alex Manzi and on each episode we'll hear the story of someone inspirational who is out in the world and really following their passions and we'll try and take some of that knowledge and insight that they pass on and apply it to our own lives to start helping us to chase our dreams. On this week's episode, I'm joined by the legendary DJ Semtex. A very, very incredible chat, you know, he's a guy with so much experience and knowledge in the music and hip-hop world in the UK and, and worldwide. You know, he's written books, he's toured the world, he's DJed pretty much everywhere, he's worked with all the big artists that you can imagine, and he's got one of the best hip-hop shows around, full stop, so it's a real pleasure to talk to him. In the chat, we spoke about everything from the environment he grew up in, through working with the likes of Dizzy Rascal and Kanye and Drake, to touring the world, to how he overcame adversity from a very young age when he, he lost his right arm at the age of just 15. We also spoke about his innate drive and where he gets his passion from, and why he thinks that artists these days are more business savvy than some people who've been running businesses for 30 plus years. He also speaks about the art of making good music and what makes the DJ the best they can possibly be. So before we jump in, I'd like to thank you for listening. For all of you who have subscribed, if you haven't already, then head over to iTunes, search Dreamers Disease, and you can subscribe there. You can also leave a review, which is amazing, because it allows me to see what you guys think of the episodes, you know, what you like, what you don't like, and, and help build everything up. You can also follow the Instagram account, the underscore Dreamers Disease, or on Twitter, at Dreamers Pod. So without further ado, let's jump straight in and hear Semtex's story. First things first, I want to say thank you, and you're probably going to think why, but the main thing for me is A, for the time, because I know you're busy, but B, around this time two years ago, I was going through a wobbly patch, and I didn't know what I was going to be doing or everything, and I reached out to you for some advice, and I remember you said to me, so what's your plan, what do you want to do? Mm. And I said, you're not saying, to be honest, I don't know, and you stopped me in my tracks and said, don't ever say that to anyone again. And then we had we had our conversation after that, but that really stuck with me. And part of the reason I'm here today is because of those words. So thank you for that. that nah, that's cool. How did you feel when I said that? I was, I knew why you said it, right. but, and I was just being completely honest with you. Like mm. to say that like, that's why I was there to ask for advice because mm. I, like, I didn't know. In any other situation, I wouldn't be saying it. So it hit me, but to hear it being said by mm. someone, for me, it was very like powerful, especially like- harsh. Yeah, but especially like, <laughs> of course, man. Like, that get called scary and everything. Like no, but you know, I know why you said it. Like, mm. it was out of goodness, and mm. that was the most important thing for me because mm. I was just like, okay, I know this. Like, I shouldn't really be going around saying, oh, I don't know what's going on. Mm. But to hear it come from someone else to say, especially someone who I look up to and have looked up to, to say, don't ever say that to anyone again. I was like, okay, cool. All right, noted. <laughs> that wasn't scary. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so to kick things off, can you? Tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, professionally known as PKA DJ Santex, um, it's a title that has way surpassed my, my government name, John Fairbanks. So it's kind of um, live and breathe hip hop, a DJ, um, broadcaster, um, writer. I do everything, but it, it all stems and it's all fueled by passion and love for the culture. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, DJ Sensex is a title, but it 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 covers everything that I do. You mm. know, and it's, it's more than a DJ, more than just someone who's in a club 
person playing records or whatever. It's like, it's, it's from behind the scenes, within the scenes, in front of the scenes. It's like every single facet, like, um, I'm in it. Mm. And then, like, I want to take it right back to your early beginnings, like, in Manchester where you grew up. What was your environment like where you grew up? Um, like, taking it way, way back, born in Sheetamel, it was, it was dope. It was a multicultural area. I had friends from every race, religion, and um, every kind of background. I didn't know what colour was. I didn't see any kind of divisions. I didn't see this person's rich, poor, or this, this, that, and the other. It was just a bunch of kids that was just living, basically. And um, it's, it's that thing where you're shielded from the world. You know, it's society that makes it ugly. It's not people, you know. And it's, it's, it's the media. It's all these other things that kids learn when they grow older. So up until the point where I was like eight, then we moved to a different area, it's a place called Middleton in Manchester. And that's kind of where I learned about racism. Because it was like, as light as I am, it was like, yeah, getting called nigger and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it gets pointed out that you're different. Yeah. Whereas before I didn't, I had white friends, black friends, I had Muslim friends, Christian friends, it didn't matter. Like, but it's only went to, when I went to a different area, it was like, yeah, you're different. Yeah. Like. And um, was that a thing within the area itself? Was it because the area was maybe predominantly white? Or nah, predominantly you know, you know what it is. To be fair, I think it was as much culture shock more than anything else. Like people aren't born inherently racist, but they are ignorant if they don't know about something. They are ignorant if they're not educated. And I think times have changed since then. It's a lot different now. I think that area is way more multicultural than what it was. And at the time, there was only like three kids of color, including myself and was now it's, it's totally different yeah. and I think I think it but that ignorance it does affect you if you're a victim of it you yeah. know regardless of whether um, you know your upbringing so that that kind of that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger mm, basically of course because so. and you've had plenty of that in your, yeah, in your yeah. life and career um, and so how early on was it then that you like first discovered and fell in love with hip hop and where? Um, it's through my brother in my house. He he the um, older brother. Yeah, yeah. He put me onto LL Cool J, Public Enemy, Slick Rick, um, the Electro albums, and he 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 he, didn't, he wasn't like yeah, come in and welcome to the mm. world of hip hop. Yeah. It was just by playing it and the clothes that he was wearing and everything else. As that's my big brother breakdancing, mm. and I'm like watching it like you know like yeah all right, whatever yeah. and when he's out trying it like and then <laughs> taking the music and the clothes yeah. and everything else so it was that that was the influence yeah. he's the one who put me into and it. i suppose it's that thing isn't it of like you are the sum of the the average of the five people you spend the most time with and at that time you probably spent Allegedly. more time with your yeah yeah more time with your brother than anyone else so you're picking up a lot yeah, of the yeah. kind of culture and inverted yeah, commas yeah, yeah. of hip-hop that he was yeah. kind of I guess living. Yeah, I think I think it, it I think it catches. It's like in waves and errors, and I think it catches different generations. Mm. Like, you know, that was that was like the was considered the golden era, and I think some people got caught by nineties hip hop. Some people got caught by the shady aftermath era. Like, there's a generation of kids right now. If you ask most of the rappers who are coming up right now, who's your inspiration? 
let's say 50 Cent, mm-hmm. like they're products of that era, you know, they, they grew up seeing Get Rich or Die Trying or, you know, Marshall Mothers or Dr. Dre or whatever. So, and then the same way that Grimes doing it and this generation of grime music is going to do it for other kids it's just just catches kids at a certain age but the grime thing's really started to kick in hasn't it full cycle Mm. with like I guess like like some Stormzy referencing referencing old like um, Kano lyrics and old lyrics from back in the day so that's Starting it's still it's still come, a new culture. It's yeah, it's only like fifteen years old. Yeah. But if, if you look you're at, seeing that first wave yeah, of like that cycle yeah. of yeah, Dave being influenced by yeah. um, Devlin, yeah, you know, so all that kind yeah. of stuff. So then, at at what point did you think that you wanted to make a career and a life out of hip hop and music? Um. Yeah, that 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 was seeing Public Enemy on stage mm-hmm. that was like yeah I want to do this and it wasn't it wasn't you like yeah this performer. is nah I just wanted to be a DJ mm-hmm. I just wanted to control the crowd it wasn't like yeah I've got a voice and a message that I want to get to the people I just like the way that he controlled the crowd I like the way that he was the backbone of the group like he was um, you know I, I was like yeah I want to do that but it, it wasn't like yeah this is what I want to do for my life as a career as a living like I've never looked at DJing as a job. I've ne- never, right? I've never been like, oh, you know what? I need to, I need to get on the phone and get some bookings. I've never asked for a booking. I've never been like, you know, it's it's just, it's something that I love doing. So it's um, when I get the bookings, I get the bookings. It's great, you know. But I don't rinse it. I don't eat off it. It's yeah. not. So, um, but fortunately, I've been able to. Um, have what some people consider consider a career doing it, you know, and it's I don't compete with anyone. I'm not I'm not trying to keep up with anyone. I'm not um I'll take anyone out like on stage, I don't give a fuck who it is. So yeah, I do what I do. Yeah. So where did your that first sounds bad cocky, isn't it? No but it sounds bad cocky but I mean it. No, of course, I know yeah. and I've heard you say it plenty of times yeah. and I also know you don't only mean it but you you go and show it like if you if a dj's played before you and they've done the best set of their life yeah i already know the mindset you're going to be in in terms yeah. of all right well your set's now going to be the second best set today because i'm about to yeah like, level it up once more yeah yeah, yeah. but i think a good good dj needs that attitude and yeah. it's the same with a good performer a good you saw one extra life right yeah <laughs> of course saw <laughs> so the crowd <laughs> hometown crowd before and after <laughs> yeah Exactly, and that, but that's yeah. that's a good approach because yeah. you are stepping into an arena essentially. Yeah, look, any any size venues, whatever. I mean, it is. Look, it's, I just love doing it, it? Mm. so it's is love doing it. Um, I've I've done my thing. I've spent my time, um, and I just do it, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. And then, what was the first step you made then, like? career-wise what did you like do the whole work in the record shop did you done everything just start DJing straight away <clears throat> um okay so started tagging um I wasn't very good at it um but you know I tried and you know did all right and then I was doing the hip-hop dancing I was pretty good at it and from then I started getting records, I had a record collection, um, 
I was hitting up the youth club and they'd been most cheating me. Um, I actually went to the same school that Bugsy Malone went to, Clumps Lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's mad. That's bizarre now, like seeing what he's doing as well. It's mad. Big Bugsy. And then um, from then, I started doing house parties, started doing college parties, I started doing um, my own student nights, started doing club nights. And from then I started working with labels because I was promoting my own nights because nobody puts you on when you're coming through, so I was putting yeah. myself on. And then from then I started working with labels. I got the attention of Sony. They offered me a job, set up the first street team. I did that. And from then, did that for a few years. Then I got the club promotion. And then I heard Dizzy's music, believed in it. I wanted to get into A&R from that point. Um, they wanted me to do it. But then he popped off, and then they were like, because he popped off, they were like, oh shit, you were right, oh yeah, here's an A&R job. Like, it's weird how things work out. And and that's it, basically. It's just, it's constant elevation. Yeah. It's not, there's no looking back. Yeah. There's no, there's no, um, there is no obstacles, because you, you just, you just keep going. Someone says no, just prove them wrong. Someone says you can't do that, do that and then make what they said you couldn't do look irrelevant yeah love doing that <laughs> it's great yeah no it's a good feeling because you just it's, it, you've got a point to prove but then you can kind of go actually I actually believe I can do this it's not just the point of proving it now it's it's not even a point to, it's not even having a point to prove it's, it's, it's having a it's having a it's having the um belief in yourself to follow through it's about having the drive to fulfill your dreams and pursue your dreams and to make shit happen mm. and, and that's what it's about nothing's impossible has, has that always been an important factor for you is like chasing those dreams and pushing yourself and always constantly striving for not necessarily more but like that like you said that upward journey you do one goal and next goal that goal and next goal that goal and next goal and that's it Mm. and then on the way you will get distracted you'll get distracted by good things you'll get distracted by bullshit and it's just about being able to stick to that path mm. keep going so, cool the name Semtex yeah where's that come from what was yeah. was that from the tagging days or was that did that come after um a bit of that yeah it's I wanted something that was self-fulfilling mm. so when you say it, it evokes something so people used to always say when I was doing parties, oh, you blew it up. You blew it up, Sam. Yeah. No, you blew it up, like, or whatever. So I was like, yeah, so it came up with sentence. It's just huh? like, it made sense. And it was easy to tag. Yeah. I knew the letters. I was good at doing S's and E's. <laughs> and X's are, like, really cool to do. So yeah. like, it's so pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> like, you look for a name which you can write. capitalizes <laughs> on your tag skills, but it made sense as well. Yeah. So it, it all tied in together. So. Yeah. And how early yeah. on did you pick, did you choose that? mid 90s yeah. when I started to do like properly properly do it then the name was in place mm. and then I got a logo my, my friend Z9 did it and I've had it ever since so yeah. Said, really. yeah. Uh, yeah it's a point I haven't actually yeah. seen your logo change which is yeah. you know impactful enough I've tried to do it it feels wrong though. Yeah. I even approached him to redo it and he couldn't do it really because he was like I don't even write like so that it's anymore. actually still in the tag it's still in the tag yeah, form yeah it's like graph form yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's he, the that. guy who actually did it was like he doesn't actually rate it now like yeah. and I was just like oh, okay so but it's, it's dope so. but it's your logo but it's incredibly unique and original there's nothing else like it so. yeah so. 
until all that cycle comes back around and everyone starts using that style of logo again and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Then, so you mentioned Dizzy earlier. Yeah. You did a lot of kind of work with him yeah. in his early days. Yeah. How did that come about? What was the kind of, you obviously heard the music, you liked it, and then what did you do from there? Um, it was Wiley who put me on to him, actually. It was, um, I got Wiley to do remix for Ludacris and Rollout. And when I was going to the studio, and Diz was there literally in the corner, like in a couch, like scowling kind of thing. So he put Diz on a dub plate that he did for me. For, um, he did me a special rollout, but it was Diz and Wiley on it. And it sick, killed it. So um, from there, I kept talking to his manager and with Diz, and then he kept in touch. And then um, one time he was doing this one extra takeover show and there was a DJ that was supposed to be there for him and I think it's Carnage and <laughs> yeah. he didn't turn up so I'll get a phone call from his manager he's like yeah yeah uh, could you help us out like you know because the DJ didn't turn up so I, turn, I, I at the time I had this van which was wrapped and everything and I always had my records in it yeah. so I was like I was like ready to do any party at any time <laughs> so I was like yeah yeah of course of course I've got my records here so and then um, I turned up and then I had all the latest records and instrumentals and all of that, so it's dope, it's a dope show. So mm. um, so we did that and then we did the shows, classic legendary show and that and then I started DJing for him. It started yeah. from there at that point really. So And then what was the journey with him? I told the world, like every continent, like like five hundred shows. It's dope. Everything that you're seeing storms you're a skeptic doing we did it like back then mm. so it's like is i know exactly what everyone's getting up to what they're doing and where they're at and everything else so and it's very and, and what what was going through your head what were like the feelings you were feeling during that because this is something that you said you know when you saw public enemy yeah. that you wanted to do yeah felt like a pioneer because yeah. it's like you know you, we're doing shows in other countries like doing a genre of music that didn't really exist until or be defined clearly until years later so it was dope it was like three English guys on stage you know and demanding that people put their fucking hands in the air it's great mm. it's his greatest experience you know so um, one time just me and him went to Japan and we just got we just got lost because there's no there's no there was no tour manager with us at the time, no one from a label or anything like that and we're just wandering around Tokyo by ourselves. Yeah. Like um but when you go to any city, regardless of language, the universal words strip club are understood. <laughs> so it's like Yeah, great night out. Or share pictures of where you need to go. Yeah, the strip clubs in, in Tokyo that was, was crazy. It was um they have these weird clubs where people pay to sit and talk to a, a woman mm. and it's just weird like I didn't do that but mm. it was just it's just there's weird levels to yeah, like yeah. what goes on out there um, and then yeah you see all these businessmen like school kids you know like it's really immature like giggling like it's, 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 it's a mad experience yeah and then the day after you're killing the show and tearing it up it's, it's that's what it's like you, you, you see these countries 
you seen these cities, you've seen landmarks you've only ever seen on TV, eating different food, tear up a show, look like gods on stage, yeah. and then, yeah, go on the town again. It's like, it's, it's a great experience. Yeah. yeah. And was, it, was that something that you ever saw yourself doing? Yeah. So it's what any artist wants to do, any DJ wants to do. Yeah. It's like, you want to tour the world. It's like, you, you, you shouldn't be doing it if you don't. Yeah. Like, what? Just want to live in the studio. Mm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, true. And then, so with you, like, what I respect about you, along with a lot of other things, is you've, you had a very hard kind of upbringing and obviously had to come, overcome quite a lot of adversity. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, you were born with, was it like an infection or a, um, illness, was it? I don't know how you'd say yeah, it, in it's, your right arm. I don't know what you'd call it. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, you wouldn't, you could say illness. You could let's let's be let's be I don't know um, a disorder. Yeah, blood, a blood yeah. disorder. Yeah, it's yeah. called lymphadenoma. Yeah. So it's like it's mad. Like even though I had this condition, it's even better. So I had this condition. Um, it never got explained to me. Yeah, it's just like yeah. It's, it's really, I actually only read up about it when I was doing the book. Um, the Hip Hop Raising Me book because I was like actually you know it'd be good to know exactly what it was about and yeah. when I looked it up I was like oh shit and it's lymphangioma it's 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 um, it's it's the cells it's, it's similar to, it's where the lymph nodes are not are not um, in the usual pattern that they yeah. should be I mean the, the quickest way to, to describe it is when the antibodies the antibodies are more, more like um weren't working yeah. basically and had lymphangioma had it for years um, I did a lot of major operations in and out hospital um, scars pain scars I had all of that shit mm. and yeah it's painful you know and it's not it's not um it's not something where I'm like, poor me. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't hold anyone. Yeah. I don't blame anyone. Don't never felt sorry for myself. Never said why me, why am I going through this? Never said that. But it does, it does make you um, harder. Yeah, we must, it must have a, a mental effect as well in some way. In you know, for you obviously quite a positive way, but there must be a kind of, you know, in and out hospital, it must become quite draining, I suppose. As painful. Well. And, yeah, painful. No, it's painful. Like, you've got to, like, it's, it's, I don't think, it's difficult to explain, right? Unless you've been, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, mm -hmm. right? But I think anyone who goes in and out of hospital for any kind of condition, they could only relate to it. Yeah. And the pain that you go through is something that you wouldn't wish on anybody. And it's not, it's not, it, it wrecks your life because you can't get on with it. Like it's, it's, it's the pain's a deep thing. Mm. It's, it's something that you appreciate when you haven't got it. Yeah. So, and um, and again, going back to what I was saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm. So it's like, I think when you go through this shit, when you go through so much pain, when you go through, um, adversity 
haters, pagans, mm. people trying to stop you, people trying to push your dreams, people saying you can't do it. Doesn't mean shit. Mm. Really doesn't. Mm. Really, in the grand scheme of things, it it really doesn't. It's like you walk around with a permanent fuck you attitude. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're unapproachable." Good. Yeah, I am. If you got nothing to say, like I'm the coolest guy on the planet. But if you're gonna come up with some bullshit fuckery or talk shit or feel sorry for yourself or fucking moan, I don't wanna hear that. Mm. I'm trying to live out it. Yeah. I'm trying to enjoy life and be progressive. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm trying to raise my family. I'm trying to make sure my friends are eating, make sure everybody's winning. Yeah. It's not... There's no time for fuckery. really isn't on any level. And whether it's people trying to prevent you from moving, whether it's people trying to hold you back, whether it's people... Fuck them, man. It's permanently. Fuck them. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I suppose it sets you up in a good way for that attitude, isn't it? I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. No? Not really. Because is it? Is that healthy? No, it's not healthy, but I suppose... Walk the street with a fuck you attitude? Is that healthy? No, it's probably caused a lot of problems in the world, but... No, 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 I'm, I ain't causing problems in the world. No, not you, but, but in general, I mean. But because of... Because of... You know, and, and, and when I moved to London as well, that was... You know that if you move from to London from out of town, that's the next set of politics. That's mm. the next set of um, whatever, um, and it is fuck you. Like mm. I came down here to win, and that's yeah. it. I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't care about what anybody has to say or anything that you know. I do what I do. Mm. I know what I know, and I work with greatness that I work with, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And you just take about one step. What at what age was it where they decided to? to amputate and then were you already a DJ at this point or no. you weren't? No. Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. And then that's cool. So it's that, better to be fifteen than twenty. Yeah, and did that did that give you the drive to be like actually I want a DJ, I'm gonna give it a go. No, it didn't. Or were you like, I was gonna do it? I was gonna do it anyway. It yeah. wasn't that it it wasn't like, oh yeah, oh been through this situation now, there's a list of things I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Now everything I've ever wanted to do, I've wanted to do. Yeah. It's like I've always like, I envisioned myself on a stage in front of tens of thousands of people before I even started DJing properly. I knew I was gonna, you know, when I when I before I had a decent set of turntables, I was like, I could, I envisioned it, and I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Like, I had a shit set of turntables. It was um, it wasn't Technics. It was the Stanton Belt Drive, like. When you're starting out as a DJ, when you're using vinyl, you can't afford Technics, so you're getting standard belt drives on that shit. But because they're so shit, you mix good. Yeah. Like, it, it forces you to mix good. And, you know, I'm there practicing in my bedroom or like whatever, and I'm just like, I can see people cheer. <laughs> it was like that. And then, so when it does actually happen, yeah. it's like, yeah, as a plant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all going to plant. So that's that, um, what do they call it? Um, like when you envision your dreams yeah. and they actually come true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the power of, yeah. of, of that actual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, if we fast forward again, you've been broadcasting as well for a, for a long time. Yeah. How did you get into that? Where was the start? ITL FM is a reggae station. Really? Yeah, it was great. And it only came on at weekends. It was in Hume. 
which is like by my side in Manchester. And there's these two dreads, Marcus and Leighton, that ran it out of their yard. And it was like, I think they just liked me because I, you know, this is a kid with balls, like, you know, just, because the, the music, they, they played like dub and lovers rock and all that. It had nothing to do with hip hop, like, but they let me come up, do my thing. And they just played dominoes in the kitchen downstairs and you know, like, they, they, I think they just used the buzz of me, like, yeah. you know. And then I did that. And then um, I did a station called Love Energy. That was dope. When I moved to London, I was doing mixes for Baseline FM in South London, which is crazy because when they turn, when they finish their schedule, they just left a mix CD in my playing all night. Mm -hmm. So my drop's going through. So it was like, it's, it's dope for putting me on around South London. Yeah. It's like best experience ever. It's great. Shout out to G Money for that. And then, um, and from then, then I ended up on one extra. So yeah. I've been there ever since. Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. Like yeah. one of the originals. Yeah. I'm first DJ sign, man. Really? Yeah. Were you the first one they called? Nah, I wasn't actually. You not? Nah, 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 nah. I was like, they were calling me for DJs in the beginning. Really? They were like, yeah, can you put us in touch with a Scalabur? Do you know this person? I was like, because I was, I was doing, I was doing um, club promotion. I knew every DJ up and down the country. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is like, it was painful. Like, yeah, here's his number. Like, yeah. I mean, you're like, by the way, here's my mix as well. No, 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 I was just like, oh, you know, I do mix as well, you know. And then it was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then um, two of the guys who were running the station, um, they, they saw me tear up the Walker's tent at the Destiny's Child in the park, Finsbury Park event. And it was one of them, I just turned up and I was just, I was killing it. I was just fucking it up right, on the stage and that. And they were like, oh, no, no, he's getting it. So, that's That's wicked. And then, obviously, you've had a probably as long a career in the record industry as well. What are the, what are the things, the, the, the projects you've worked on that you're most proud of? All of them, because I've learned something from each one, yeah. whether it's good or bad. You know, there's, there's, there's always lessons to be learned. There's always, you gotta make mistakes. And I've done some amazing mistakes, which I don't talk about for yeah. obvious reasons, because they were mistakes. But if you don't make mistakes, if you don't fuck up, if you don't fall flat on your face, if you don't have the moments where you think, oh shit, I'm shit, like, you'll never know to avoid them situations, you'll never know to be strong enough to voice against doing stuff you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So, like, everything that, you know, I couldn't say there's, um, you know, there's moments which are calm and which have been wicked, but in terms of the experience, every all of it's invaluable. Mm. It's, it's, you know, you've got to save your time, so. Yeah. And is, is a key thing to what you do, and you know, from what I see as well, is you make connections with the artists from a very early stage, so that you've already cemented a kind of relationship with them. Is that something that you obviously actively go out of your way to do? Or is it just, it just happens through? It just happens. Something's dope. Something's popping and involved, and that's it. Mm. It's not, you know, that's it. It's not, it's not, it's not a, an agenda. It's not, you can't, you can't, you can't do it consistently year in, year out. I mean, I'm, I'm as passionate about the music as I was when I started DJing. Mm. It's no, there's no difference. Mm. You Is know? that because the music's changed? Well, you know, has that nah, curve? No, 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 no. 
like, I love the culture, I love the detail, everything about it. It's like the way that the music's made, what it means sonically, what it does, how it makes people react, the artwork, um, the process, the cultural references, what it means for the culture, how it moves the needle, moves the dial, how it moves people. It, it changes lives, it changes yeah. society. You know, it's, it's, there's things that happen before our very own eyes today where it's history in the making. Like everything that these artists do, hip hop, grime, whatever, you know, they're making power moves or they're influencing popular culture, you know, and it's it's history. Mm-hmm. You know, you you spend your life in school, you know, some schools learning about Henry the Eighth and other things or you're learning about Mozart or Amadeus and these artists that we're fortunate to work with today are those people. You know, they're, they're gonna, they're making an indelible print mark on the world. You know, there's records that are still popping today that, you know, I, Salt and Pepper, push it. Yeah. 30 years old, but it still sounds, that's why it keeps getting remade and resampled and ripped off because it still sounds fresh. It's like, there's, there's moments like that in hip hop where, you know, hip hop, has taken other genres of music, remixed and made it relevant again. And, but you, you've got moments within hip hop which actually do what the jazz records did or do what the breaks did, which inspired rappers to jump on these kind of records in the first place. So, And then out of that has spawned artists, which the virtual leaders who people follow, you know, people respect, whether it's someone like a Jay-Z or a Kanye or a Drake or whoever. It's just um, these people uh, the rock stars is, you know, I think the whole thing about Elvis, and I'll be very careful I'll say this, but for what he represents to some people, that's Kanye or Jay-Z or, mm. you know, whoever, that's what they represent and they're rapping. And you got to remember this was an art form that wasn't considered an art form, it was yeah. considered bullshit, it was considered a noise or a racket. Yeah. And it's just turned into something else. You've got artists that spawn artists. They've got their own industry, their own labels, their own... Everything is very self-contained. And then when you see what Jay-Z's done with Tidal, um, with his own streaming company, he's trying to have his own pipeline. Like, the music industry's had their own pipeline for years, mm-hmm. be it vinyl production or CD production or... You know, he's he's got the digital platform. And that's... So I'm saying it's revolutionary. People don't clock that though. Yeah. People don't clock like the economic independence, what he's striving for. And people are like, oh, title, it's not really popping. Well, what he stands for is, and if you're smart, you'd be trying to do it yourself. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's educational. Yeah. Like, he, he, like, you can watch The Apprentice, and there's, you know, it's, I watch it all the time, it's dope. Right? But there are some fucking idiots on there. Like, and the tasks are bullshit, mm. right? But when you look at what rappers are doing on a day-to-day, it's just all over any of these people. Like, these guys, these entrepreneurs, you know, whether it's a Stormzy or whether it's um, a Dave or whether it's Skepta or the next kid coming through tomorrow, like, these kids are business-savvy more than most people have been running traditional businesses for six, well, 30 years or whatever. It's like, it's... it's inspiring to see what's happening right now and it's 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 self-sufficient it's deep it's a deep time it is and like 
I think a lot of that is down to the fact that they've grown up in the kind of social media world so they've kind of they're learning those skills on the fly mm. do you know what I mean they're not and I, I, I wouldn't put it down to social media I think it helps but it's the actual art like they're making the music themselves mm. it's not yeah. it's not you know that that whole you know it's a chicken and egg thing but you know, if you see, if you're inspired by Fifty Cent, you either saw the video or heard the music. If you're inspired by Devlin, you probably mm. saw the London City video. So yeah, everyone give Channel U a pat on the back for that. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like I wouldn't give social media yeah. that kudos. Or maybe not social media. Maybe like the advancing technology and how much no, more accessible it's, it's it not is. Though. To you can't you can't put it to technology. The, the point is, for someone to make music, they was inspired by a lyricist that they saw or heard, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. it's like it could be a show it could be I'm not this is what I'm saying I'm, you got to owe it to the art form yeah. it's not you can't say hey thanks to Facebook or you can't, it's not any tech it's not a tech yeah. company or anything like that yeah. it's the artists that have inspired the artists yeah. and the music is what inspires the movement and the movement is what enables these guys to do the business yeah. and turn it into an industry or an empire yeah. but do you think it's become easier to make records to De- yeah definitely because the barriers to entry aren't there like back in the day it would cost 20 grand to press up vinyl and then you'd hope someone would buy it mm. now you can fart you can you know, laptop you can make a track throw it out mm. if it's popping it's popping if it's not it's not and then that's it it's, it's speeded everything up mm. the process is sped up and I think it's taken out a lot of the middlemen it's taken out a lot of the, the blockers it's taken out a lot of um, the financial barriers you know mm. so, do you think it's also got a detrimental um, side to it as well in terms of like short-lived success versus I think like no detrimental the long term? No, 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 no. It's it's survival of the illest. It's like if you're good at what you do, you're gonna shine and come through. Mm. If you're trying to ting and you got one track that works and the rest of it doesn't, that's on you. You it just wasn't meant to be. Mm. You know that's 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 what it says. But if you're if you're making, if you can spew out music and spew out creative greatness that people want to hear, that is your destiny. Mm. Welcome. Yeah. It's that. It's not, it's not. It, I don't want to hear that shit about how, you know, oh, there's too much. There's never too much. It's just like, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not listening properly. Like, you're just, you just want to be spoon fed. Mm. because you could say that about radio you could say that about you know look when you drive across the country and there's all these shit stations that you tune into or whatever, whatever you don't listen to them mm. you go for what you want it's the same with good music yeah that's it just the filtering process is a bit more yeah that's it wider or however you want to see it um, but then so on that on the changes within the industry and with you know technology and social media and equipment and stuff how have you managed to like adapt to all of that because you you've like you said you started DJing on vinyl mm. now you've got pretty much people turn up with a USB stick with tunes mm. on you know when you used to promote a record back in the day mm. would have been for vinyl now yeah. it's all digital online and there's been such a swing from the real traditional music industry to where we're at now where yeah. it's a lot more advanced like how, how have you had to adapt throughout your career from a DJ side but also from like what you do from the, mu- the industry side of things. It's the same thing, it just boils down to great music. Mm. It's that, that's it. It's, it's knowing how to select great music and knowing what to do with it. Doesn't matter the format. I could do I could do anything. I've done USB, I hated it. Like, I've done vinyl, 
you know, and all these people who are romantic, like, hey, I'm playing vinyl, hey, like, fuck off. Like, you haven't had to carry, like, <laughs> cases of that shit. You've never been at an airport when your case hasn't come through and you're supposed to be doing a rave and you lose out on your money, you lose out on your collection, and no one's trying to help you. You've never done that. So, fuck that. Like, survival is a blessing. Like, thank you. God bless survival, right? Because the fact that I can carry 30,000 tracks and do any kind of party at any given notice, like, that's, that's amazing. Mm. But I still know all them tracks. I still know what pops and what doesn't pop. I still know how to read the crowd. Like, everything that I learned from DJing in Manchester back in the day still applies today. You know, it's still, regardless of the genre of music, I know music, and that's, that's it. Yeah. No, I get that. And I think the... the I respect a lot of DJs, well most DJs, just purely because of the knowledge you need, mm. not only of like how the crowd's reacting mm. and the kind of, I guess the journey you want to take the crowd on. You don't want to just go in with like mm. the big tracks, you want to yeah, take yeah. them on a journey to get yeah, yeah. to that point. But then also the breadth of knowledge you need for songs and, you know, I mean now it's a bit more easy in terms of like mixing and the technical side of DJing. Nah, how's it easier? Because you know you can you can see the waveforms to match up. You can nah, you know there's that. Nah, Whereas back in the day it would have nah, all been nah, here, nah, but it's still like a pure nah, art form. Nah, 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 nah. Trust you, it is. Yeah. Like I don't. I've never done that. I've never like. I'm never looking at. That. I know you know. A good DJ will know all the BPMs off by heart. A good DJ will know where the breaks are, where the stops are. A good DJ will know that this track you need to boost the bass a bit because the drums aren't as tight as they could mm. be. Or that DJ will have gone out and got the remastered version which sounds better. And and that's that's is 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 studying the craft. There's people yeah who use a sync button. There's people who will stop and start shit and everything else. Those people last a few months. Like they they come and go, they always come and go. There's some people who there's some people who are shit DJs technically and they've had a very, very long career because they're good at selecting and hyping up a crowd. They're skilled in different areas. But these people who, the, the 50 pound DJ who comes along and like tries a thing, they last a year or two. Mm. They come and go and they grow out of it. And, and that's it. Yeah. But the real DJs who study the craft without even realizing it, you know, they wake up in the morning and can tell you what, whether it's, um, a mainstream track or an underground track, they they know where it sits on the set yeah. or a radio show. It's like it's just you know. Which DJs do you rate? You? Ah, shut up. Oh man, you can't put me on a spot like that. What? Technically, you look at one extra. Then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what? Yeah, but I, do, I do social media. <laughs> what? Technically or just? Tell me a good DJ. Oh man, you could stump me here. Hold on. Not not that it's hard. I'm just thinking. Uh, so for me, I would say. See, because the thing is, one extra. No, just, just a good, mind. just a good DJ. Yeah. Target comes to mind. Because right, yeah. I know he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, all the new wave of people who are coming through. Just a good DJ. Just like you said, Target. Like, give me another. I think the ones that I I've seen live, I've booked, and I know will always do a good job when I need to book a club night. So, I've always said that. So skinny, no skinny macho. Mm. Good DJ. Ralph. Let's go to Target. Yeah. Target knows tempos, yeah. right? Target knows, Target knows a one thirty set, a one forty set, an eighty BPM set, a hundred BPM set. Yeah. He knows genres. He knows errors. He knows history. He knows. Um, that's why. That's why I did a mix of him once. Like I did yeah. a back to back from yeah. drum and bass versus hip hop, and he knew yeah, like yeah. what to do. Like 
and I did as well. So it was like it was a good challenge. It was yeah. good. And that's what I'm saying. He's again, he's got all this knowledge, and it's like second nature. He's not even thinking. Mm. It's like Karate Kid, wax on, wax off shit. It's mm. just like it's just there in the years. I mean, in over the years, it's built up in his mind. He's got a mental storage drive of. This track does that. This track does this. This set does that. This sound does that, and everything else. And it's all, it, it's just. But when it comes to do a club, you just do it, mm. and that and that's 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 like the flow of it. Yeah, it, it's it's that. It's like I've always said that rappers are geniuses. The way that they're able to put words together that make sense, that convey meaning, that rock a crowd or move a crowd, and for an hour on stage in front of thousands of people mm. and use the muscles in their mouth to get the syllables and the words across and it's 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 a mad type of exercise and it's a mad relationship between electrical synapses and your muscles like to be able to do that to command your mouth to sometimes rap faster than you've ever talked mm. it's like it's it's an insane skill you you, you gotta have some kind of genius to be able to do that mm. for an hour and to be able to remember your lyrics and anticipate what you're going to say next and everything else you know most so-called geniuses can't do that like they'll memorize tests for exams or spend three years fucking about to do a degree yeah. they can't do that they can't do 10 albums and recite it on stage yeah. who's the best performer you've ever seen live Kanye West so with yeah Kanye West with um, DJs it's the same thing nearly lost my floor there with DJs <laughs> it's like they can connect rhythms. They can they can beat match their brain with their hands, like select and everything, move the crowd. People going mad, look like a god on stage. Yeah. Like it, it is. It's a next. It's a next level of thought process. Yeah. It's deep. Yeah. Like it's 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 some. It's like it is. It's, it's a god given gift. Yeah. You know, because some people can't remember three tracks, let alone you know thousands yeah you know and when you're in that kind of zone are you already thinking like two or three tracks ahead do you already know like i'm thinking an hour ahead yeah like you yeah, know yeah. you want to be taking all right crowd. so let's say i do new year's eve right so i did um doctor's orders new year's eve it was wicked so the minute i step in i'm like i know where i've got to take this i've got an hour and a half set i know when i'm going to do this bit i'm going to do that bit then i'm going to do that bit there and that mm-hmm. bit but if you catch a wave and you, you're, you're one with the crowd, it just changes everything because mm. then you're just playing for them and you're giving them what they want. So it's, it's easy. It's like, it's, it's, it's to move the crowd, you work with the crowd and everything else. And there's so much great music out at the moment. It's, it's, it's a pleasure DJing, man. Mm. But it's, it's very, um, you know, you can, you can take it back or you can keep it current or you can do brand new stuff. It's just, it's just it's easy. Yeah. yeah, it's an art, like you said, man. It's a lot of yeah. hours, a lot of knowledge, a lot of yeah, everything. Yeah. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying all of this to congratulate myself. I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> I am a genius, but it's it's but no, it's this is what I'm saying with other DJs. Like I respect great DJs. I got no respect mm. for people who aren't, mm. and I can't hide that. But for DJs that you know can do this like it's a pleasure watching them play it's a pleasure hearing a mix you know um yeah it's fascinating mm. you know a couple recently i had maceo from della soul on my show and della soul you know one of the pioneering rap groups um from a, ever 
you know, they did something totally different that's inspired everyone from, you know, Outkast to Kanye West to whoever, you know. Um, and they, and it's a pleasure to watch Macy on mix in the studio because he does things differently. Yeah. And he'll mix breaks with hip hop and he did like a Nas set. And it's just a pleasure to watch him do it because I can't predict what he's going to do. Yeah. And he's been DJing longer than me and he's, he's done way more shows than me. Like he's got a mad history, but it's just a pleasure to um, hear him and see him do it. You yeah. know, I like that, I value that. Um, and there's an art to it. You know, there's there's a context to it. And he moves crowds. Mm. So. Yeah, and was, like you mentioned history quite a lot in the last couple of minutes. Was a big thing for you conveying the history of the hip hop scene? And is that one of the reasons why you put together the book that you, was it last year it released? It was last yeah, year, yeah. It? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't really like, I actually turned it down when I first got asked to do it. Yeah, because I felt like they, they wanted me to do the definitive book on hip hop and I was like, it's too big and someone, you know, so I just did it from my perspective, mm. like what, how it raised me. So it's more things that have influenced me and it was good to be able to celebrate like some of the greatness that has taken place over the years. So it wasn't, it wasn't kind of like, yeah, I want, I want to educate, but it's more a case of here's some dope shit. Mm. Like this is, this is shit that moved me and inspired me right up to the, as you know, to the release date where even what's going on with like the OVOs and the Dreamvilles and the Rock Nations and everything, it's all inspiring. It's all, you know, um, I was real fortunate to be able to do that because mm. it's, and I never dreamed I'd be doing it. I never dreamed that I'd be writing a book. Like it's mad, you know. Well, it was a big project as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what was the time timeline on it? When did, did you start? Did it in a year. It's a year. Yeah. Wrote every word myself. Wow. So it's like it's, yeah, it's like forty eight thousand words. So. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was it quite a therapeutic process for you in terms of like getting yeah, like it was, all of it your was, kind of knowledge and just yeah because when you write because I had to get the facts right on a lot of things so I knew I knew I knew the context and the stories and everything but you know you've got to get the years and the detail and everything so you're doing a lot of research so it was really, I really enjoyed the the opportunity to um, look into what I've grown up doing and um, yeah, just being able to document it. It's, mm. it's great. It's like it's a, it's a snapshot in time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more than a snapshot. I think it's like a real, like, yeah. it's a real Bible yeah, on yeah, hip hop, like yeah. really and truly. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big old book. It's yeah, not yeah. like a 200 page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's physically a big book yeah. as well as like what's yeah, in no it. No one's doing that anytime soon. No. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely it, not. It's that, but that's the thing though. It's like, do stuff that no one else is gonna yeah. do. Yeah, no one's doing that. Yeah. Like, I'd, and and also it's not even just, oh, here's the history and da 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 da. da but I've contributed to that history through the own, my own interviews, like with the artists. It's words from, you know, Nas or Jay Z or Kanye or whoever whoever I've done interviews with is using some of their words and their perspective in the book as well. So it's kind of is is dope to be able to put all that together. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, um, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing opportunity. Yeah, and it's, I think it's an incredible piece of work. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't got all the way through it, yeah. but 
you know, I've, I've flicked through a majority of it yeah. just because I wanted to like yeah. go through it, but I've started reading and I'm making my way yeah. through slowly. It's, it's yeah. got a proud place in my living room. Oh, and, so. and also, I don't think I'll thank you for putting my name in the credits. Oh, no, like cool, that, man. I didn't. That's cool, man. Well, you've been there some of the moments, haven't it? Yeah, well, it was crazy because I didn't obviously know. And, I, you know, I, I don't feel like I was needed to be in there, but, you know, for me, that was, that was amazing because that's, that's that will be a historical book. And yeah, but you, you've, it's like I said, you've been there, like, you got to remember, like, when I'm doing all these interviews, so say, like, you know, whether it's a chance to rap or whoever, it's like, it's all, whoever's in the room plays an important part in making mm. sure that it goes well, in it? So it's like, you can't, it's all teamwork, it's all, it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I do everything myself like that, it's, it's, um, you know, it's people who you know I work with on the show or when I'm doing interviews that help make me. You gotta be relaxed and confident, and if you're relaxed and confident, you get a good interview. If you're not relaxed and confident, you're worried about stupid shit. It's not. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. So, is and that's it. It's, it's nothing. Well, thank you anyway. Um, and then also, you, so you, the book Hip Hop Raised Me. You've also got the podcast of the same name. Yeah. Is that coming back? Yeah, I'm about to do it different though. Different? Yeah. How? Um, it's the same thing, but I'm going to do it bigger. Like, mm-hmm. a lot bigger. And I'm going to go harder. Like, hard. Like, it's going to be big. Yeah? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because cause that, that the, the first couple of seasons, it was just me figuring it out. But, um... Yeah, it's on going. I'm gonna go hard with it. It's coming back very, very soon. Yeah, so I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, and make sure everyone who's listening checks it out as yeah. well. Um, and we'll then do it in a way that hasn't been done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I'll let you know when it when it drops. Yeah. I'll drop you the text. I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, and then so and then the other thing you do. Yeah. On the you know almost completing the list yeah. of many things is Nation of Billions yeah, I'm not doing that no more you're not doing it anymore no, no, why no. Um, is it still is it still running yeah, yeah like you know much respect to everybody who does it it's just I'm not yeah I'm not involved with it no yeah well, I was going to big that up anyway because I think that was yeah. very important yeah I've, yeah you know, I did what I did on it and yeah. there's other people carrying it on so yeah. wishing the best of luck with it yeah. so yeah okay cool 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 that's all good and then the, the next thing I want to know is like you, you could, because you do so much stuff and you have done so much stuff mm. and it's been such a long career and you know you've still got plenty more time to come yeah. with it like how do you how do you balance everything with that because you do you know the de- you're out you're DJing you're out you're getting interviews you're, yeah. you're you know going on up and down the country you're honestly it's a vibe yeah. it's just a vibe because it's very easy to get bored it's very easy to get stagnant and it's very easy to get stuck in a routine. I'm not like, I've never woken up saying, hey, tonight I'm going to do this and this is a, it's going to be an interview week, this is going to be a podcast week or this is going to be, it's more, it's more, it's more vibe or, and, and, you know, um, and it, it's more what I feel like doing. It's, I really, I've observed myself like, and I think a lot of people do this, it's like, you set out to do something let me tip this out online. Shit, I need to do that. I'm gonna do this. Then I'm gonna do that. Then you get back to what you was gonna do, and it's kind of. At first, I thought that was a bit of a bad 
distractive, disorientating way of doing things. But if you're getting it done, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's it's about one thing will trigger or inspire something else, and then it comes back around. So yeah. it's just it's not. I just do what I like doing, basically, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. It's the vibe. Yeah. It's it's that's that's what it boils down to more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And you can do any. You can fit whatever you want in a life. It's all the, a lot of people. A lot of people um, bitch and moan about not being able to do stuff or things not working out. Or uh, I don't watch TV like that. I'm not. I'm not constrained by certain things. I'm not out partying. I'm not smoking weed. I'm not doing none of this shit. So I'm not. I'm not distracted like that. I'm just focusing on what I want to do. Yeah. And yeah, he's. That's that's all I've done. It's not. It's nothing. You know, I'm not superhuman. I'm not. You know, yeah. I sleep like everybody else. You know, I get ill like everybody else. So it's like, but it, it's just. You know, I bought a TV for the first time in eighteen months. The other day, I, I was horrified to see the level of adverts on our TV. I was horrified to. It's kind of shit people watch day in and day out. It's like, people are brainwashed by that shit. You know, it's um. I'm just not, you know. Obviously, I watch Netflix, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not plugged in yeah. to the mediocrity that a lot of people are. Yeah. You know, some people get a lot more lives, and the, the, some people get a lot more done in their lives if they stop watching these standards. You know, yeah. how many hours of your life is that taken throughout your lifetime? Yeah. And where do you think you get your innate kind of drive and hustle from? Um, it's the music yeah. I think so much I want to do you got to do it you can't can't slow down if anything you got to speed up because there's more opportunities and everything's speeding up and everything else and that so it's like you can't yeah, you can't sit still. You can't, you know. I booked a holiday before Christmas. I didn't go because I had shit to do. Really? Like, yeah, I was like, this is it. I'm going to take a break, right? I'm going to go away by myself. Like, fuck everyone, right? I'm going away, right? And then the day before I was supposed to go, I was like, nah, I've got this to do. I've got that to do. I'm getting on a plane. Oh, it's fucking long, man. Oh, I've got to check into the hotel. Is the food going to be good? It's going to be good, though. Oh, the weather, not as hot as I thought it would be. Fuck it, think I really? stayed there and got the work done. Like, and that's it. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. I just. I was actually getting stressed by being anticipated of being bored. In a way, yeah. Yeah, it's like it was doing my head, so I didn't look up. I'm glad I didn't as well. So yeah, fair enough. It's cool. And then, so, you know, we've talked a lot about the changes that have happened and the good stuff that's all happening now in music. Where do you think that's going to go in the future? What's like? The next thing, what's the, what's the future of, of music and hip hop and and the rest of it, in your opinion? Um, not conforming, mm. and that's it. It's that simple. The future music is, um, okay. This is an example, right? You heard the Eminem album. The new one? Yeah. No, because everyone said it wasn't great. Okay. <laughs> you heard the, the Clover Plastic remix where he two changes on it and yeah. he's redone his bars. Yeah. 
That's bullshit, right? Because Eminem, right, the rap god, right, you've done a bar, you've done a verse addressing the critics of the shit album that you just put out. When, when, when did, when, when did that become a thing? When, like, rappers are not supposed to give a fuck. Mm. Like, it's supposed to be, here's my album. Take it or leave it. Fuck you if you Mm. don't like it. But it's just like, because you know it's shit, you've remixed your track within weeks of the album coming out and you're addressing critics, you know, because, you know, you're even trying to justify doing a track with Kalani and all this other pop shit that's on there. You're supposed to be the rap god. At the point in his career now, you don't need to do singles. You don't. You don't need to worry about chart positions. If he'd have done a, if he'd have done a project with Alchemist, that would have sold exactly the same as what this album has done mm. because he's the rap god, right? If he'd have done some off the wall fucking dope shit, that that would have done the same thing. And it's just like that whole thing about not conforming is what kids relate to. They don't want. They, they don't want the fuckery, they don't want the bland shit, you know, and that's why I was breaking it down to someone before about um, why certain things work, and, you know, you, there's, there's a duo, Skengdo and AM, mm. and, yeah, they're wrong ones, man. Some of the stuff they're saying on that mixtape, it's like, it's like, wow, you know, it's very, very raw, but the reason why kids love it is because it's very, very raw. They, they don't give a fuck, they're saying shit what is real to them. And I think that's what makes it great. That's why it sounds great. That's why, you know, I play it on my show and the people run in the studio, oh my God, oh, is you, oh are you sure you're supposed to be playing that? No, mm. that's great. I'll play it again even more, yeah. you know? And then, oh, I'm not sure if we can play this, that. But then two weeks later, you got to play this because you know it's dope and you know that's what the kids want. That's what the future of music yeah. is. It's that. It's just audacity. Yeah. It's not conforming. And I think as long as we've got that, it's going to be great. I think and all the other shit will just phase out mm. I think a lot of it's as well the I think for the first time in probably what I've experienced the audience and the, the consumers of the music are dictating where the music going in terms of you look at Rams and Barking like mm. in the charts like if you first heard that tune you wouldn't have gone this is going to be a, a top 10 single you probably would have gone yeah okay it's cool like it's a good song mm top 40 for a shot but to get into the top 10 and a lot of that is down to the audience driving those you know the YouTube views the Spotify figures the everything else and it's it feels like a lot more of the power is now in the hands of the consumer rather than the hands of maybe the people who are at you know the labels or the do you know do you get the, do you see what I'm trying to say it's like there's a lot and you're seeing a lot more of it like there's been three or four um, um, thingies recently you know, uh, Notes is another one with yeah. with um, Addison Lee. Like, yeah. that shot out of nowhere off of the back of a YouTube video. And it's happening all the time. Like, you know, kids are putting out... SL, another one, yeah. was he 15, 16, he's getting 13 16. million views on his videos. Yeah. And it's like, that was never happening before. Like, do you think that trend's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger? No. Or is it just going to like... No, they'll manipulate the charts so it doesn't work in their favour. Yeah. They're already trying to do that now. There's people who are angry that this is happening. There's people who don't want this kind of music to be popping like that. So what they'll do, where at the moment the chart is, one sale equals 150 streams, they'll, they'll change it so it'll skew differently. Mm. And they're trying to do it. I, saw this, I was reading somewhere that there's a company that's suggesting that 
artists that are on playlists shouldn't be in the chart. It, it, they change it. It's, it's like, like a repeat views. Like no, but it's it's, it's, it's like, fuck the repeat view things. It's like what 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 it is is that. Um, okay, the music industry is a game, right? And for years, for years, the music industry created the rules and governed the rules, and you play that by their rules. Or you don't win, right? So everything from CD singles to this to that to whatever, whatever, whatever. So now it's like streaming's come through, and this is the problem. Before, people who used to listen to urban music, they never used to buy shit. They bootleg shit or download it for free, right? So now because technically music's free because of streaming, but technically it isn't because you're paying a subscription. So for the first time ever, you've got a situation where it's measured. Yeah. So. Kids who like hip hop, R and B, Afro bashment, whatever, whatever, etc., etc., and now being seen. So, so that's why a tune like Barking can pop off because it hasn't got the barriers to entry of having to spend twenty grand marketing and producing a record. It hasn't got the barriers to entry of please radio station playlist my record or please DJ play my record. It's like it, the middleman's gone, yeah. right? The middleman's gone. So for the first time ever, it's like, oh shit, this is really what people are listening to. Like, yeah. and oh shit, artists are getting paid off it now. But the industry's like, oh shit, we've got to embrace this. Yeah. Some people like it, some people don't. So the people that are crying about rock music or bands not being able to get arrested, even if you change the track, that shit's not going to happen. Yeah. And the reason why it's not is because at this moment in time, it's not the wave for that. People want melodic music. People, you know, want music as substance. And I think we're also, there's another reason as well. And the other reason is polit politics, right? Because when Obama was in power, I think everybody got happy. You had a lot of big party records, right? And I think because of what's going on right now with who you got in power in America, the whole Brexit thing, I mean, the whole Brexit thing is like, is, 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 you know, there's a lot of people who are either victims of some kind of racism or, you know, there's people that are being um, victimized for their beliefs or looks, you know, and there's a lot of dividing and conquering going on. So because of that, the youth, hip-hop hip -hop is the voice of the voiceless. It's the voice of the youth. So because of that, kids ain't trying to watch the news because they know it's all bullshit. They know that, like, you know, the, the media try to put what they want across, but kids aren't on that. And that's why, so when they're going to a streaming service and they're, they're, looking, they're listening to the alternate, they're listening to music that helps them get through their life, it's all of this music. It's, it's musical substance, it's big anthemic records, it's, it's escapism, it's all of them things that comes into play. So, yeah, it's technology, yeah, it's undiscovered listening habits from a certain fan base, and yeah, it's politics. It's, it's, it's fucked, you know, mm -hmm. and the fact that, um, you know, the youth vote showed you that. It showed you it in America by electing a bomb, and it showed you it by 
how close Corbyn got. Yeah. You know, no no politician thought in either of them situations it was going to happen. But when the youth are motivated and when they're inspired to take action, they will. And you can clearly see the results of that. Yeah. So I think it's those are the reasons why, you know, music's happening and the success that we're seeing right now is it's not being led by radio. It's not being led by DJs. It's, it's kids just having access to the music immediately. Yeah. It's kids being able to put out music immediately. There's no filters. There's no, oh, you can't put out this. There's no label saying, oh, we don't agree with these yeah, lyrics yeah. of Skengdo and AM. Or there's no, you know, Dave shouldn't be doing Question Time. And, and, and hats off to Dave because with that Question Time track, as many rappers that were name dropping Corbin and everything else, and then just talking about how they should vote for him without really explaining why. Mm. Like Dave was, he's the only artist that I've heard question, is he really about it? Has he proven himself? Can I really believe in you? Yeah. And that's the realest shit. That's the realest shit anybody could write and it's the realest shit anybody could say. So that's why I think it's so important, this music, going back to what you were saying as well about what happens next and where's it going to go it's audacity it's audacity to tell your truth it's audacity to speak out and not be compromised and it's um it's it's not holding back it's it's, it's that that's what that that you just put my chain of thought it's cool <laughs> but it's it, <laughs> i was winding up there and then um but it, it's 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 that that's that's what it is yeah it's a great time great yeah. one of the best times ever for music yeah. keep saying that it's been amazing yeah so there, there is no middleman you know so then what or who do you think is the future of the UK music scene Dave yeah, yeah I said it I said it from the first time on my show he's, he's got the capability to be a leader he's he's got he'll, he'll disagree with that as well and he'll say he's not a role model and this this that and the other like all rappers do but he he's got a sense of purpose and he's got a maturity and he's seen a lot of stuff and he's got an understanding and he's got the education and he understands music I think Dave's like he's, he's, he's an incredible artist I don't even think he's started to do what he's going to do mm -hmm. you know um, he, he, yeah he's done yeah alright so then let's roll it back to your younger days if you could give your younger self yeah. Three bits of advice yeah. of things to start doing. Yeah. What would you say? Save money. Um, um, invest in Apple. <laughs> and don't worry. Mm. And then one thing to stop doing as well. Um, Nah, man, I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> good with everything I'm doing. Yeah. There's nothing... Yeah, man, there's nothing to stop doing. It's like... Because there's been times where I've been like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this as much or whatever. And then there's times where, you know, maybe I shouldn't be as direct. Maybe I shouldn't... You know, like when you said about... Um, you weren't sure and I said don't say yeah. that like maybe I shouldn't be that because you know some people wouldn't understand some people don't understand that I was talking to someone today and and they fucking got it like because I said to them like you know I was like are you happy I was like are you happy like because I've been trying to help them 
progress within a role and I was like yo bro you look like you made it like you made it you made it yeah and he was like no he didn't know what the fuck I was doing <laughs> he didn't know where I was coming from and I was saying and what, what I was trying to do was instill in him like you know don't take it for granted yeah. that you're an intern and you're just going to get a job at the end because you're yeah. not yeah. I said there's going to be a lot of tears at the end of the intern program and, and I said you've got to work on this now like you're finishing tomorrow and I was mm. like you've got this opportunity take advantage of it and make sure you kill it and make sure you do this and this this that and the other and I think they were a bit they were a bit um Coming back oh shit like the face was like and it was like oh thank you for I needed that and I said don't I don't want to hear that I don't want to hear like thank you for the reality check just fucking do it and it's like (laughs) but if I'm not that straight to the point I don't I don't think I'm helping them yeah but not a lot of people are that's the thing and if I'm like hey you alright you know and then when it doesn't work out you should have worked harder you know I'm failing you like you know I, I don't I'm the same I, I don't want to hear that like when something goes on yeah but you know did you know that I said why don't you fucking tell me you know what I mean it's like don't like oh yeah but you should have like no you should have told me you're my friend or I know you I work with you why didn't you point that out mm. you know so that's that's um, I don't know I just think that's that's just how it is like yeah. if you want if you want if you're asking for some kind of help or guidance you're getting you're getting the full blown truth it's not yeah no time to beat you about in the bush there's no time I ain't got time to stand there and chat shit to you about you know because you know you know if you'd have said the same thing to someone else that would have just told you told you a load of bullshit mm. oh I'll try you know I'll get back to you you know yeah. like, like uh, no time for that yeah so yeah well, that's why I respected it because it's like not a lot of people have the audacity I guess to be that kind of straight with it yeah. They 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 will take you on the the what they think you you want to hear rather than what you need to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what was so for me what was so impactful. It was like okay, right, I needed to hear that, and then mm-hmm. I went and kind of worked on okay, thinking mm-hmm. about it and kind of moving forward with things. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, here we are. Um, but yeah. So then, final question: What for you is your ultimate happiness goal? <laughs> um, there's a couple. There's a couple. Um. I see my family win, I see everybody successful, I want to see my boys grow up to be like, you know, successful young men, um, and hopefully giving them a start to do that, you know, they can go off and yeah. do their thing. And then, um, help artists get further, you know, to the next level whatever somehow whatever way or whatever how little or how small world peace <laughs> that'd be good if you could yeah. get some of that bit of that that'd be great I think if everybody paid attention to each other's culture a bit more so I hate all this fucking racist shit because mm. one because I've had it but two I don't know how to despise another race or another culture like that's not in me to do that and I just don't understand it like you see all this fucking vile shit on the news every day being spewed out yeah. the, the Trump shit the fucking the Brexit bullshit like yeah. that whole that whole situation the Brexit thing I think we were let down I think no politician told us the truth about what it meant or yeah. what it was about so when the vote came in and the politicians all shit themselves because they weren't prepared for it themselves They'd caused this shit still on the fuckery and then 
it was like the people are there like you know you're seeing kids like what's going on like what did it mean i didn't know like i should have you know it's like and that's when I'm like, when everyone's asked kissing Corbin, it's like, what did he do? Like, you're supposed to be this guy that everyone looks up to. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't break down what it meant because he was trying to sit on the fence. And that's why, that's why I think with the whole politician thing, it's like, you you need a new level, a new wave of people to come through and do their positions because I don't think, I don't, I don't think we, we've had the truth. And then you got a situation with this Brexit shit now where people are trying to make out like they want it to go ahead, but they really don't because they know it's going to be fucking disastrous. So we're really just, we're really just doing the dance and watching all of these people long it out till someone turns around and say, hey, you know what, it can't happen. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for an excuse to be like, oh shit, I can't, we can't do it now. Like, all these politicians are looking for reasons not to see it through. Yeah. Even though, you know, so I just think that shit has fueled a lot of fucking hate and negativity and yeah, it'd be good if that shit um, didn't exist. This is some, we had a world shit right now, I'm going deep, right? And then if we're talking about goals, and be the biggest DJ in the world and yeah. do some legendary fucking shit. Like what? what it is, I don't know. Just do some fucking legendary shit, I need to do it, I haven't done it yet, so. That's that, thank you. Um, before we do wrap up though, can you let people know where they can keep up to date with you online or listen to your your show yeah. maybe? It's DJ Semtex and everything. Yeah. Like, it's any timeline, it's DJ Semtex is there. Simple as that. Yeah. yeah. Nice and easy, good. I yeah. like it. And obviously go and get the book. The Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's out there. It's out there. In several different languages. Yeah, which is mad. Yeah, that's, that's mad. That's German, Italian. French and American. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's an American edition. Well, they turn all that yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to Zs. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's five different editions. Man. That's like, crazy. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be more as well. It's going to be a Japanese one. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. Like every year, we're going to be pressing and add to it. So yeah. there's a new version coming out next year as well. Oh, wow. Well, this year, cool. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Congratulations. It's mad. It's like an ongoing thing. Yeah. You know? That's amazing. That that really is amazing to have a project that can kind of live on like yeah. that yeah, in, yeah, in so many different languages and yeah, yeah, yeah. knowing that so much work went into it. Yeah. I suppose it's like anything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's good, man. But yeah, man, thank you. Thanks for the time. Uh, I feel like I've taken in a lot of information, which yeah. is great. It's kind of what I wanted. So there's, there's a lot enough people to, to listen to, to learn, understand your mindset, that drive, the passion, everything you do. And I think, you know, for you, it, it speaks out in your work. And it will continue to. It's cool, man. Which is amazing. So, yeah, thank you. Nah, it's all good. Thanks a lot. So there we have it guys, that was Semtex's story. And as I said, you know, amazing guy, so much knowledge, so much wisdom in his words, and he's really like focused on what it is that he wants to do and what he wants to achieve and his goals and everything he's done throughout his career. And like he said, the importance is not to look back, it's just to continuously look forward and build towards where you're trying to get to. And it's a really powerful message. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as ever, you can hit me up on Twitter, at I am Alex Manzi, the same on Instagram. If you want to you know, ask any more questions, if you want to get in touch, that's where you can find me. And of course, if you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, make sure you leave a review. And even more importantly, if, if there's someone you know who you think would enjoy this episode and can learn from it, then make sure you share it with them. So that's all for this episode. It's time now to stop thinking, stop planning, 
and going out there and start doing the thing you want to do to get towards your dream. I'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by Unedited.